Chapter Twenty Four of Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands by James T. Nichols. Chapter Twenty Four The Switzerland of South America, Bolivia. In the very heart of the South American continent there is a vast tableland nearly as large as the great Mississippi Valley that some titanic convulsion has boosted up nearly three miles in the air. This great plateau is hemmed in by mountains, the coast range on the west, and the main range on the east. These mountain peaks rise as high as twenty-two thousand feet. In these heights, two and one-half miles above sea level, is Lake Titicaca, which is one hundred and sixty miles long and thirty miles wide. This lake, which is the highest body of water in the western hemisphere, is fed by streams of water from the Andes, and is so cold that ice is formed along the edge every night in the year, although the lake itself is never frozen over. The lake has no outlet, and the color of the water is a steely blue. This lake forms the southwestern border of Bolivia. Situated as it is, including both mountains and table-land, Bolivia has been called the Switzerland of South America. It is more than twelve times as large as the state of Iowa, and is the cradle of the ancient civilization that made up the world-famous Inca Empire, which existed many centuries ago. The people of Bolivia today have the blood of this ancient race in their veins, and they are an industrious people. Visiting a mission school in Buenos Aires, I was much impressed by one young man who seemed to be the peer of the two hundred students in the school. On talking to this young man, I found that he was from Bolivia. How he heard about this mission school I have forgotten, but the story of how he tramped two hundred miles over the mountains and then across the great Argentine plains determined to reach this school and work his way through could not be forgotten. On Sunday morning I went to the American church, and this fellow was at the door as an usher, and the friendly greeting and winning smile he had for every one gave me great respect for him and his people as well. Portions of this great Bolivian plateau are very beautiful. One noted naturalist coming from Paraguay said as he beheld this region, If tradition has lost the records of the place where paradise is located, the traveller who visits these regions of Bolivia feels at once the impulse to exclaim, Here is Eden. Here grows the famous chincona tree from which we get quinine, also the coca plant from which we get cocaine. Perhaps when the dentist pulled your tooth, he used cocaine that came from this country. The natives chew the coca leaf as a stimulant. It is actually said that by the use of this leaf, a man can go for many hours without food and perform feats of endurance that seem to us impossible. The cultivation of the coca plant is one of the important industries of eastern Bolivia. The plant grows as a shrub, and must not be confused with the cocoa tree, from the beans of which our chocolate and cocoa are made. The Bolivians produce eight to ten million pounds of coca leaves annually. The telegraph system of portions of this region is made up of fleet-footed Indians, and it is said that with a supply of coca leaves and parched corn they can run fifty miles a day. 
here too grows the quinna which is not only a substitute for wheat but more nutritious and easier raised if reports are true cotton and sugar are produced in bolivia as are the nutmeg and castor bean oranges and all such fruit are also grown in some parts of this country but the supply and variety of medicinal plants is remarkable the list includes aconite arnica absinthe belladonna camphor cocaine ginger ipecac opium sarsaparilla and a lot of others but this great inland country is noted the world around for its rich mines mount potosi is often spoken of as a mountain of silver it is said that not only millions but billions of dollars worth of silver have been taken from this one mountain there are said to be six thousand abandoned mines on its slopes to say nothing of the hundreds that are being worked to-day the city of potosi used to be the largest city in the western hemisphere and was ten times its present size when the early settlements of the united states were but small villages while the silver in this mountain is not nearly exhausted by any means yet it was discovered that deeper down is a mountain of tin bolivia has been furnishing more than one-fourth of the world's supply of tin for many years on the hills back of the city of potosi can still be seen the thirty-two lakes or reservoirs that used to furnish water for the city and mines it took half a century to complete this great ancient water system the largest of these lakes is three miles in circumference and thirty feet deep each lake is surrounded by five sets of walls and two of these reservoirs are sixteen thousand feet above sea level all this mighty work was done before railroads were ever dreamed of only recently a railroad was built into this mining city and many of these abandoned mines are being opened again the capital of bolivia used to be sucre in fact it is still the nominal capital of the republic here live many of the wealthy mine owners of the region the supreme court is held here and the new government palace is a stately building the richest cathedral in bolivia is here and the image of the virgin in it is made of solid gold adorned with jewels and is worth a million dollars there are nine public parks or plazas in the city of sucre and through one of these flows two streams of pure water the one on the north side runs north and finally reaches the atlantic ocean through the great amazon river while the other flows southward reaching the sea through the rio de plata river the capital of bolivia as we know it is la paz but only the legislative and executive departments are in this city although la paz is more than twelve thousand feet above sea level it is located in the bottom of a deep canyon back of the city is the giant peak of mount illimani which pierces the sky at a height of twenty one thousand feet while the weather is always warm in the daytime it gets very cool at night sometimes freezing cold as they have no heating stoves it is very uncomfortable to sit quiet the farmers of bolivia live in little villages as a rule and know but little of the comforts of life their houses are built of mud and both people and animals often live in the same room their farms have to be irrigated and the people are skilled in this work the ploughs used are wooden sticks and generally pulled by oxen 
as in other south american countries the land is mostly owned by wealthy men who let it out on shares to common farmers who are generally kept in debt and have but little independence the question of fuel for cooking purposes is one of their great problems as our early settlers on the western plains had to use buffalo chips for fuel these people use a great deal of donkey and llama dung for the same purpose they bake their bread in small community ovens that are built something like a large barrel with a dome-shaped top on bread baking day they build a fire of moss bushes and dry dung and heat the stove oven then they remove the coals put their bread in and when it is baked you may be sure that it does not smell very good the great beast of burden in bolivia is the llama which looks something like a cross between a camel and a sheep like the camel it can go for days without food or drink and will make its living browsing on coarse grass moss and shrubs that grow on the mountains it is an intelligent animal and if loaded a little too heavily will lie down and refuse to budge until the load is lightened the women of these indian farmers and herders dress rather queerly they put on many bright-coloured skirts all of a different hue as the day grows warmer they remove a skirt showing one of a different hue they are proud of their skirts and take much pride in showing each other their fine clothing these women too are nearly always at work if they are walking along driving llamas they are working as they walk winding wool into yarn or knitting some garment with juices from plants the yarn is coloured and by means of a loom which any woman among them can make they weave this yarn into a kind of cloth in bolivian cities there are large markets to which these indian women especially resort on the ground are little piles of fruit coca leaves and other products they have no scales and sell by the pile the gardeners will sell their products of onions beans parched corn and all such stuff in this way thus the people of this great inland empire live above the clouds one of their railroads is a half mile higher than pike's peak in places and one of their cities aulagus lacks but a hundred feet of being as high as this they have four cities more than fourteen thousand feet above sea level twenty-six above the thirteen thousand foot line and seventy-three cities above the twelve thousand foot line of the one hundred and fifty-one cities in bolivia most every one is above the eleven thousand foot line truly this land is the switzerland of south america End of chapter twenty four